Father, we thank you for this day. Indeed, O oh God, that you have a good plan for our lives, for our land, for our Malaysia. Lord, indeed, O oh God, that we look to you, we, we see not with our naked eyes. We see through our eyes of faith that is awakened by your words, by your promises, by your Holy Spirit. Lord, today we come to you, we ask that, Lord, would you also continue to sensitize our spirit to your, to your spirit, to your heart, to your desire, to see what, what you see, to see what you want us to see, to see what is really happening in our lives and in the nation that we are in. Father, we just surrender ourselves to you. We ask for your Holy Spirit to come and direct us and guide us and lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've been talking about destiny, restoration of destiny. Today, I'd like to share with us this along uh, perhaps in the same direction as I have been uh, sharing with us about contending for our destiny and I'd like to share with us this morning contending for God's will in your life. You know, God has a good plan for us. God has a good plan for our nation. When we do not see things that is happening uh, as, uh, as we have received, in, the, in terms of prophecy, in terms of promises, in terms of the revelation from the Word of God. And sometimes it can be very unsettling. It can challenge our faith, the foundation of our faith. I'd like to, I'd like to go along that, that, uh, that line. I'd like to first by sharing with us, uh, looking at uh, Daniel's prayers. When we pray and things are not happening, what what would, what, would, what would we do? What, what can we make out of it? And uh, let's look at Daniel's prayer. Daniel's prayer that's been recorded in the primary in Daniel chapter 9 and chapter 10. And when Daniel prayed, Daniel knew the promises of God in God's words. Right? He started praying because there was something that God has promised in his words. There's something that God has said in his words. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 to 2. Let's read together. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, in the, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the, of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. So Daniel started off by reading the prophecies, the book, obviously, the book of Jeremiah, the prophecy of Jeremiah, and discovered that there is these things that God has said. Right? In his book, 70 years, uh, the people of Israel is going to be in exile in the, in the land of, uh, of, uh, of, the, of the Babylonian. Okay? After that, there will be restoration. So he, he saw that. He saw the promises. He saw the word of God. And sometimes we pray, we, we are excited in our hearts because we saw what God has promised. 
what God has said about our own personal life, perhaps, or, or, or about the nation that we live in, about this land of Sabah, this land of Malaysia, the words of prophecy coming forth, coming forth, and we, we are excited about it. You see, Daniel, when he saw that, he did not sit on it and did nothing. He went on to fast, so Daniel fasted and prayed for the fulfillment of God's promises. He pleaded to the covenant-keeping God. Number one, he was stirred up. He was not like, you know, I feel like, I feel like going home, you know. God, send me home, send me home. I'll restore just uh, uh, Jerusalem. I long to eat, you know, the figs in, the, uh, in, uh, in Jerusalem. No, he, 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 he didn't start praying just because he desired it. Because it was in God's promises. Because it was in God's word. He trusted, he believed in those words. Hey, but things are not happening, you see. So he fasted and prayed for the fulfillment of God's promise and he pleaded to the covenant-keeping character of God. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 3 to 4, let's read together. Then I set my face towards the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I pray to the Lord my God and make confession and say, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps His covenant and mercy with those who love Him and with those who keep His commandments. He reminded God, God, I'm coming to you. I'm asking for your mercy, not because I'm good, but because you are covenant-keeping. You are promise-keeping God. He appealed to God, knowing fully well this God whom he worships, he prays to, he, uh, uh, whom, whom, whom he prays to, right? But he also acknowledged, uh, Daniel also acknowledged the sins of the people and the iniquities of his forebears. He asked for forgiveness and God's mercy. He recognized that the, the, the calamity, the problem, uh, the, uh, the trouble, the, the bondage, and all that, all that suffering that he and the people of Israel were in was due to sin and iniquities. He, he recognized that. My dear friends, sometimes we, we pray to God and say God owes us a good living. We, we pray to God as if we talk to God or in our heart, we feel that now this is the basis, the basis parameter. The basic promise, basic promise number one, we are born to this world, we are, we are meant to have peace and health. Premise number two, if God, if we are, do not have peace and health, God, you are not being very fair to, to me, to us. You know, in both premises, it fell. If we build our, our preposition, if we build our understanding based on 240 premises, it does not stand. It is not the truth. It will not set us free. Jesus said you should know the truth and the truth will set you free. But a lot of people feel that in all my suffering, uh, it is not fair. It is not meant to be like this. I am supposed to be. Mankind is supposed to be. Born into this world, enjoy peace and health. 
till we depart from this world. So any departure from that expectation, it is unfair. Now who is unfair? Premise number two, God is. God, you owe it to me. If we approach God in this way, we got in trouble. You know, part of the church is approaching God in this way. Say, God, why? Why this pandemic? Why the pandemic in the world? Why the pandemic in my life? A nagging virus, spiritually, emotionally, financially, eating away. No vaccine can stop it. I try all kinds of things. God, at least I deserve a rescue from you. Now, you and I were not the first one who think like that. Huh? In the Bible, a long time ago, there's this guy called Job. Job also thought like that. He said, God, you owe it to me. Job even went as far as saying that you owe it to me to hear my case. I am righteous before you all. Wait, God, God, have you, have, you, have you got it wrong? I'm upright man, no. Do I deserve this? I'm not perfect, but I don't deserve this. But as I often as I say, that the, 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 if you look at the book of Job, you try to find an answer to, to God's answer to Job's question, you, you and I will not be able to find it at the first instance. Because God went on to say, to answer his question with 64 questions, at the end of God finishing asking the 64 questions, what Job received was this, a revelation of who God is and who he is. Then he said, forgive me. And this is what Daniel saw in this situation. Daniel chapter 9, verse 16, and Daniel chapter 9, verse 18 to 19. Let's read together. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for, for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us, you see. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolation and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplication before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake. My God, for your city and for your people are called by your name. Then you cry aloud to God, recognizing that he and his people deserve nothing but pleaded on his mercy, on this covenant-keeping God. We talk about much about covenant. In God's covenant, God look at our lives, look at how wretched we are because of the covenant that he has with us. He bound himself to us to show grace, to show mercy. Although everything in us, everything in mankind is repelling him, Smelly, a stench, a, a, a stench to his nose. But he said, I come and embrace you. Now, this is our God. Not just, he just, I come and 
embrace you, wear, wear a face mask, come embrace you. But he bound himself in covenant and said, I remove the option of rejecting you. It's not in my covenantal relationship with you. But if you choose to walk contrary to my covenant, there will be consequences. You make that choice. You walk in it. And therefore, Daniel recognized that he cried out to God. And, and, but, you know, all this crying out, there's been, you know, there was delay. He, 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 didn't, he didn't get the answer from God. He saw vision. He received vision from the Lord. The Lord showed him what is to come. He could understand. And then he, he, he sought to understand. And, he, and, he, and Daniel sought to understand the delay of God's answer to his prayers and the situation he was in. Right, so he, he, was, he, was, he received all this. He was struggling and wrestling in fasting and prayer. And things are not happening the way that perhaps Daniel expected it to, to be. So he began to fast and pray. My dear friends, sometimes we fast and pray not for God to act, but the, for God to speak. Because we don't understand. No, we, we talk always about fasting and prayer. And I feel that that should be the order. You fast first. We all fast first and listen from God first before we open our mouth and pray. Sometimes we open our mouth and pray. We pray according to our desire. Isn't it? We want to see this thing happen in our nation. We want to see this happen in my family. I want to see this thing happen in the church. I want to see this thing happen. I want to see that person change and this person change and all the rest of it. My dear friends, Sometimes we need to fast first and receive a revelation for us to pray. So fast and pray. And, and, and I find that it is so amazing. You know, when I, 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 I've shared this with us before. When I first started fasting, you know, like more than, a day, more, more than three days, until up to three days of going without food and... Uh, just on water. Wow, very weak. The body was very weak. Four, five days. When I pray, I tell you, sometimes, you know, I, I, I pray and I worship God. I sense the Lord is speaking to me and I and immediately responded and pray and worship God and praise God. In those days, nothing came to me. I was so alarmed. My mind was so clear and calm. Nothing, no sensing. Now a lot of people pray. They start to pray. I sense the Lord is doing this. I see this vision. Nothing. After three days of prayer, I say, Lord, after three days of fasting, I should be more sensitive to your spirit, but how come I don't receive anything? The Lord was doing a cleansing of my spiritual eyes and my spiritual ears. He said, now, don't look at my word, my promises through your own lens your own lenses of preference. You prefer this and you prefer that. For one whole week, nothing. It was very alarming. I thought some demons has, has uh, covered my eyes, you know. Two weeks, nothing, my dear friends. No, I cannot even tell anybody. Now I can tell you. Lah. Three weeks, 21 days, nothing. I was, I said, I sense, I, you know, 
even this morning we were praying and I was interacting with the Lord. And as we worship the Lord, I was just interacting with the Lord. Wow, so good. You know, the Lord is speaking that, doing that, 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 all that. But nothing like that. Nothing at all. It was a long silence. On the 23rd day, the Lord spoke. And I sat, I remember, in the couch in our old house in BDC in the evening. I sat there for one hour. The Lord spoke for one hour. I tell you, it was a very humbling experience. As if the Lord, after 21 days, on the 23rd day, now you pray. My dear friends, if we plan on a, a trip of fasting and prayer, I know time is, you know, the Lord is calling the church to come fast and pray, but I feel that the next 21 days, it is so important for us to sit and listen to what God has to say. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 to 3, let's read together. In the third year of Cyrus, king of, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he has understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I also I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Some people look at this and say, it's a Daniel fast. You don't eat meat, you don't drink wine. Uh, you just eat vegetable. But I want to suggest to us that when the scriptures record us, I ate no pleasant food. It doesn't mean that he ate unpleasant food. It can simply mean that he ate no food. Because you know, if you know me, right, all food is pleasurable to me. <laughs> Whatever I eat is pleasurable. Uh, I ate no pleasant food. Uh, that means eat nothing. Uh, no nothing. Uh. Okay. But whatever it is, it's between us and God. God is not going to hold against us because we, uh -huh, because we eat something. No, 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 no. But the thing is, is that it was a seeking of the Lord because it was too long. The vision that was given to Daniel was too long for him. He said, wait, 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 where is the answer? What is, you know, I understand the message, but where? I understand God is going to send revival to Sabah. Where, where is the revival? I can understand God is going to restore Malaysia. Where, where is restoration? I understand God is going to set my family free, my life free, restore my finances. But where, where, where? You may be asking questions like this. I know I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating the desperation in our heart. And so Daniel fasted. He was seeking for an answer. And in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 to 14, let's read together. This is the angel Gabriel appearing to Daniel after the three full weeks. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia 
withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, come, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the later days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. So Andrew Gabriel, you know, Andrew Gabriel, if you read Daniel chapter 9 and chapter 10, the, the way that it's being described by Andrew Gabriel will say that when, when Daniel saw Gabriel, uh, he was shivering. Uh, he was shivering. A man who is not unaccustomed to heavenly vision saw Gabriel and he was shivering. He was without words. You know how awesome is that angel? Huh? But yet that angel... Uh, when in a, on an assignment to bring the revelation from heaven, from God to Daniel, because Daniel prayed and asked for that understanding and that revelation was withheld, was withheld. That awesome, awesome angels was withheld by this character called the prince of the kingdom of Persia. My dear friends, there is no such historical entity or personality called the prince of the kingdom of Persia. If it has to be, uh, you have to be, uh, uh, you know, Michael, one of the chief princes, one of the chief princes, Michael the archangel was described as chief princess. So the prince of the kingdom of Persia, it means that it is an angelic being in charge of controlling the kingdom of Persia, isn't it? The prince of the kingdom of Persia was withheld by one of the chief princes, the archangel Michael. If you understand the language, it is a spiritual battle. There is a spiritual being so powerful, even the awesome Gabriel could not overcome, could not pass him through. Oh, I'm not glorifying the, the power of darkness. But what I'm saying is this, that when we, when we sing this song, He has overcome, He has overcome, Jesus has overcome. You understand the power of, and the authority of Jesus. It's awesome. It's awesome. And until Michael, one of the, uh, the uh, chief princes, came to help me, for I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. There is this prince of the kingdom of Persia. There are kings of Persia. Who are the kings of Persia? The kings of Persia are all the demonics, the demonic agents, the, 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 uh, uh, the, the demons, the fallen angels who work in the network. We'll talk about this. Uh, that, that the, um, the demonics works in network, in the network of army controlling the life of the society, of the Persian society, oppressing the Persian society in those days. Don't know whether they are still there. But in those days, at least we, are, we know. So he was not only fighting against the prince of the kingdom of Persia, he was fighting all the control, control, all the matai, all the followers, of this prince of the kingdom of Persia. They are called the kings of Persia, the chieftains, the chief of Persia. If you understand biblical language, the, the descendants of uh, Esau was called the kings of Edom, 
but they are also called the chief of Edom. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the later days. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. The fulfillment of God's purposes was resisted in the spiritual realm by the kingdom of darkness. The devil takes advantage of sins and iniquities to resist God's people. And he still does it today. He still does it today. My dear friends, God has a purpose he wants to fulfill, but yet the spirit in the spiritual realm, it can be resisted by the kingdom of darkness. Do not think that whatever God has said in the prophecy, it will come to fulfilling itself when we do nothing. It does not work like this, my dear friends. Listen to me. If you, take, if you take nothing away from today, sharing, take this away with you. God's purposes, God's revelation, no matter how good, no matter how it was directed personally to you and specifically to Sabah, specifically to the nation of Malaysia, will not come fulfilling by itself because it is being resisted right now, right now, over the spiritual atmosphere in your life over your mind, over your emotion, over the, the, the political situation in the state of Sabah, in this nation of Malaysia. Behind it, it was being, behind her, I say, uh, behind her, listen to me very carefully, behind it, we are being resisted by the kingdom of darkness. The devil takes advantage of sins and iniquities. He still does it today to resist God's people. God's kingdom and will on earth is advanced by the prayers of His people because we are in an earthly realm. We are in the earth domain. Who is supposed to rule and reign in the earth domain? Mankind is supposed to be. But when we lost authority to the, to the devil, we, the, the, the whole world after the fall came into the bondage and the control of the evil ones until, until God sent His Son and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, wrestled back that authority that is meant to rule, have dominion over the earth realm back into His hand. And all those of us who are in Christ Jesus, the church, we have the authority to affect, to impact the affairs in the earth realm. God's kingdom and God's will is advanced by the prayers of His people. Let's read Isaiah chapter 62, verse 1, and Isaiah 62, verse 6 to 8. Shall we read together? For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and as salvation as a lamb, that, that burns. Okay, we stop here for a little while. This is what God say. Huh? For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. Until when? Until her righteousness go forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamb that burns. God is said, I will not rest. Hey, God is so powerful, right? That is His will and desire. Can't He will it? It can be done. But why is He so hardworking? Why is this still so hardworking? Our understanding of how God works or the spiritual principle, how spiritual principle operates, we need to get it very clear. 
Here God say, I have a will. I have a purpose for Jerusalem, for my people, for your life, for my life. But I will not rest means that what? He's still working until her righteousness go forth, his brightness and her salvation as a lamb that burns. There seems to be a process. The time has not come yet because his will was resisted and his will is still being resisted. Am I not right? Let's read Isaiah 62, verse 6 to 8. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, who do not keep silent, and give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm his strength. Surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies, and the sons of a foreigner shall not drink your new wine, for which you have labor. The Lord is saying to, his, to Jerusalem, I've set watchmen on your walls. I've set intercessors. I've set people who be willing to watch and pray. We were having a, a Zoom meeting prepare, preparing for the day of prayer, CCM day of prayer on the 10th of August. So we're talking about the theme. The theme. One of the things that one of, um, one of the, rep, the representatives of uh, CCM was uh, suggesting that uh, whether we put watch and pray, well, be careful. Uh, watch and pray means, doesn't mean that watch and pray, you know. <laughs> you will look at the watch and then you pray. It's too long, it's too long. It's five minutes already, still, still, still not end. It's not watch and pray, you know. So, so God has said watchmen not to look at the watch, <laughs> but to look out. Look out for signs, Look out for the enemy. Look out and pray according to what they see in the spiritual realm. They shall never hold their peace day or night. They shall not rest in prayer and intercession. They shall not keep silent. Till when? Till God establishes and He makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. And God said that inviting all of us, His people, Give me no rest. Oh, this is one invitation that you should never reject. Huh? Sometimes we pray, 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 pray already. Ah, yeah, so long. Huh? Maybe God got tired of my prayers. But God said, give me no rest. Give me no rest. Trouble me? No. Give me no rest. He, his word has gone. You know, we, we always say that the word of God has gone from, from his mouth, will not return to his voice. His, his words, his, his, he, is, he is saying in the first person, give, give him no, no rest, give him no rest. And when, we, when God inviting us to give him no rest, why should we give him rest? <laughs> I know this is a rest day, huh? But it simply means that within the context, he said, Lord, it's not happening yet. Whatever that you, you promised me for my family, for my life, is not happening yet. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for His fulf fulfillment. You know, there's no expiry date on God's promises. Let me say this to you. There's no expiry date on God's promises. Last night, I stayed up a little bit late to catch, you know, the, the online uh, shopping 
8 shopping, you know, because after 12 midnight, uh, 12 to 2 a.m., uh, there is some special, really crazy sale that was going on. And I got some uh, computer accessory as a crazy cheap price. Uh, because if I don't capture it within that two hours, I, it will expire. But not so with God's promises. Not so with God's words. It will never expire. If it never expire, why do we give up? Don't give up, my dear friends. You pray for how long already? Five years? Ten years? Twenty years? Thirty years? Keep praying. Give Him no rest. After all, who can we turn to? If things are, are not turning up, not turning out what it should be, who can we turn to? We try the worst method. We try human's method. If it doesn't work, who can we turn to? And here God is saying, give me no rest, give me no rest. Let's give Him no rest. The Lord has sworn by His right hand and by the arm of His strength. He says, surely, uh, this is not only just, uh, you know, establish uh, Jerusalem as a place in, in the earth. He says, surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies and the sons of foreigners shall not drink your new wine for which you have labored. Basically, God is saying that you will not be robbed anymore. The robbing will stop. Give him no rest. If you're still robbing, depriving in your life, in the life of this nation, give him no rest. Because the enemy, I'm not talking about foreigners who come to this nation to make a living. I'm not talking about those foreigners. Let me make this very clear. Foreigners, it means that there's, there's those who are, resist the kingdom, of, the, king, the kingdom of God. Those who are resisting the kingdom of God. The, the demonics, the enemy, will not be able to continue to rob us. Not that we do not have. We have grain, but they eat it. We have wine, they drink it. No more. No more, the Lord say. Now that is what we are praying for. That is what we are pushing for, my dear friends, in your own life, in your family life, in your personal life. If you pray for your children, nothing happens. Don't stop praying for your grandchildren. Give him no rest. The authority of the kingdom of God is released through prayers. Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Let's read together. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, and even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus says, All authority in Heaven and on earth has been given to me. If us, we are who are in Christ Jesus, we have authority in heaven and earth. We have heavenly authority, delegated authority. We have earthly authority. Now, I share with us on Tuesday, power station. You know, those of us who are Christians who are in Christ Jesus, we are in a more superior position than Adam and Eve. Adam Eve was given authority to rule the earth. Those of us who are in Christ Jesus, in His name, in His name, we have authority that will be able to, to touch heaven. Therefore, we, we sang the song many years ago, did we not? Touching heaven, changing earth. Because authority in Christ Jesus is not only to be smart, 
to be talented, to be have to have high IQ, to manage this world, to create things, to uh, you know to create a good system, to run things well, and all the rest of it. Yeah, those are power, authority on us. But church, the devil doesn't want you to know it. The devil doesn't want you. That doesn't encourage you to discover this. You and I have authority in heaven. That's where things are going to change. We have, you and I have authority in heaven. We can sh- we can remove the light, huh? the light of the prince of the kingdom of Persia. We can battle. We can defeat the light of the kings of Persia and overcome. And we overcome in the heavenlies. The earth realm, the earth realm, will shift according to what is happening in the spiritual realm. Truly, and in, uh, in John chapter 14, verse 12 to verse 14, let's read together. Time is running up. Let's uh, read this. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than this he will do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name. Now, let, let's read this, 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 uh, this, this verse again, right? Right. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than this will he do. Wow, we can do greater works than Jesus. Do you, do you, do you, do you get it? Do you get it? The work of Jesus that has been done on earth is not a ceiling but it is a floor where we stand on. Okay? Some, somebody will say, say like, leadership is this. Huh? Leadership is that we are not the ceiling to those who follow us, but we are a, a floor for them to stand, stand on. Right? Our, we raise up the next generation, we, we, we build them up, that we must not be the ceiling for which the younger generation could look at, ah, oh, my previous gen- gen- generation did this, or I must do this. No, the better, they, they can do better. They will stand on our shoulder. The younger generation is going to stand on our shoulder and do greater things. We always say that in leadership, you know, the leadership seminar was in there. Now, this is what Jesus is saying. I'm going to the Father so you can stand on my authority, on my shoulder, and do greater things. What greater things are you doing now? What greater things are you and I doing now? Or do we keep looking at Jesus and looking at what he has done? I'm talking about works, huh? I'm talking about works. I'm not talking about the sacrifice on the cross, right? I'm talking about works, ministry, uh, um, uh, uh, miracles. Are we only looking at Jesus as the benchmark rather than we stand on his shoulder, stand on the authority of heaven and earth and do greater things? Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. The Father will maybe glorify in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, the whole sentences, if you read it, it sounds a bit weird. Anyway, in, in any translation, you, you read it, it sounds a bit weird. You ask me in my name. So we pray, we end with what? In Jesus' name, right? Now Jesus basically is saying that ask me in my name. You want to ask uh, Pastor Margaret to sing another song. I said, I said, Pastor Margaret, can, you, can we sing this song? 
I'd like to sing this song, not the song that I wanted to sing earlier on, in Margaret's name. It doesn't make sense. I'm already asking her. I'm only talking to her. Why do I say in, in her name some more? And you, and you immediately know that what it means by in my name. It's not a formula. You know, some people pray. I mean, it's well, it's, it's well and fine, but we must not be, uh, uh, have it, uh, I mean, uh, take it the wrong way. Or some people find that you say the prayer already, you must end in Jesus' name. You don't end, uh, oh, yeah, it doesn't work. Huh? There's a magic formula. There's a ding, ding, that, that thing that makes the whole prayer work in my name. But Jesus is saying that if you ask anything in line with my will and my heart, I will do for you. Therefore, Daniel fasted to seek the heart and the will of God. Therefore, in fasting, we need to seek the will and the heart of Jesus. We just seek a fresh revelation so that we can pray according to His heart, to His will, a.k.a. in His name, also known as in His name. Then He will do it. Pray according to His revelation. Let me just sum up very quickly fasting and prayer. Number one, we pray according to God's word, seeking His forgiveness and mercy. I want to encourage all of us this season of time as, uh, as we know that many, many platforms, many groups of people, NECF, CCM, CFM, uh, Firewall, whatever you can call, you can, you can think of, Prayer United, and all the rest of it, they are, they are, they are encouraging people to pray 40 days, gearing towards Malaysia Day for the nation. And this is a season we tap into it because of the body of Christ is moving together. We move in unity. We move in agreement with one another to, to pray according to God's word, seek His forgiveness and mercy. If this is the season you, 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 uh, you plan to set aside time to fast and pray, I'd like to suggest to us that, first of all, read His words. Come to Him in the spirit of repentance, seeking His forgiveness and mercy. Number two, we fast to seek God's revelation of His heart and mind concerning our situation. Before we jump into anything, Pray for this to happen, that to happen, who become prime minister, who should not become prime minister. Before you do all that, seek God's heart and God's revelation. Seek what is actually in Jesus' name. According to the heart, according to the will, according to the plan, to the purpose of Jesus. Seek His heart. And we begin to receive this, then we can truly pray in Jesus' name. Number three. We fast and pray to wage war, spiritual warfare against false forces of darkness who come against the destiny of God's people and the destiny of the nation. Whether you are, you are fasting for your family, for your own personal breakthrough, for the breakthrough of the church, for the breakthrough of the body of Christ worldwide, for the breakthrough of the church, the, your local churches, or for the nation, for the state of Sabah, for your city, whatever it is that we need to understand that there is a warfare that is going on. The enemy is resisting the purposes of God and we must not let him have the last laugh. We must not let the devil to have a last laugh. Amen? He's enjoying himself. If people just give up praying and uh, ah, I'm like that, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm destined to be like, like that. Ah. My dear friends, that is the worst 
That is, the, that is, those are the words that make the devil very happy. You want to make the devil happy? Number four, we fast and pray because whatever God is working out, whenever, wherever God is working out His purposes, there will be resistance from Satan and his kingdom. We cannot, we are not go on a wish hunting. We are not looking for demons under every chair and behind every tree, huh? underneath every car, behind every house, in your backyard, in the crossroad. <laughs> no, we are not. But this is the spiritual reality that we must not, must not forget. God wants to work out His purpose in your life. You think it's going to come automatically? No. No, 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 no. You know where the ideas come from? They still from from the occultic worship practices. Now we have no time to look into that, but this is what I want to say. Whatever it is, that whenever the enemy is resisting us, we must warfare against him. Wherever God wants to establish his will in the life of your family, your finances, in your health, in your spiritual destiny, in your ministry. In your, in your church, wherever local church it belongs to, wherever God wants to establish His purpose in the land, the enemy will be resisting it. The more costly the trophy or the price of the battle, the more intense the battle is going to be. Do not give God rest. Do not rest. Because God is not resting, fighting for us. That's how we sang the song, right? He's fighting for us, right? He's fighting for us. Is that, is that, is that? He's fighting for us. He's fighting for us. So don't stop fighting. The outcome of the war against Satan's kingdom is, is eternally determined. The war is won by the kingdom of God, darkness, Satan, his, destin his destination has been determined. It is a fight of hell. But the battles for now reach on. The story about Daniel, Gabriel coming to Daniel, you know, there is, there is, there is this, this part that we probably uh, pay uh, relatively little attention to. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 20 to verse 21, after Gabriel has said all those things, uh, to 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 Daniel and say that you know uh, uh, God you know you know uh, you know we, I was resisted by the prince of the kingdom of Persia and all the rest of it. But I say that this I bring this revelation to you. After say all these things, and he say in verse twenty to verse twenty one. Then he say, let's read together. Then he say, do you know why I've come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. The battle is not so over. And when I have gone forth, indeed the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one opposes me against this except Michael, your prince. He broke, he broke through already. Oh, the Chinese says, He broke through already. broke through the, the battle line. Reach Daniel, tell him the, this is what God has said to you. The first day you pray, God already heard, you know, he sent this to me to send this revelation. I'm bringing it to you. Da, 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 give all this. But now I must return. 
Because there is a battle going on. With who? Prince of the Kingdom of Persia. My dear friends, 21 days, you pray, I pray. On the 23rd day, as I say, the Lord spoke to me. For one hour, I was sitting there, dumbfounded. For one hour, listening to God preaching to me. In a sense, one hour sermon, non-stop. My dear friends, it was an awesome experience, awesome, awesome experience. But it was only the beginning. It was only the beginning. And Hedge Garibu said, I need to go back. After I've defeated the, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, they will come what? Prince of Greece, so how long? God said, I will not rest. You should not rest. Give me no rest. God will not rest. We must not rest our prayers and intercession. I want to encourage us, wherever you are in the position of life, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. I say this to myself. The Lord said this to, to me first. Don't give up hope, Kenneth. Don't give up. I'm not resting. I'm still working. I'm still working out the purposes in your life, in the life of your nation. I'm still working out the purposes, my purposes. And hey, not only I ask you to no, no rest, give me no rest, trouble me to no end <laughs> with prayers, uh, uh, not with sins. Uh, uh. Till God's kingdom and God's will is established on earth as it is in heaven. Let us pray. Father, we, I pray that, Lord, that this, this morning your words will bring much encouragement to my brothers and sisters in Christ as it did to me tremendously. Lord, I just pray, O oh God, that we will come to you and bear our hearts before you and be very honest with you and say that sometimes we are so so discouraged. When we pray for the nation, when we pray for our family, we pray for our situation, troubles never end. I know some of you here online, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. But I want to say to you, my brothers, my sisters in Christ, we take great comfort that Christ's kingdom has overcome. He has overcome the world. His kingdom has defeated the kingdom of darkness in heaven, on earth, and in hell. But the battles rage on. But the Lord is fighting for us and with us because we are prince and princesses in earth realm with authority, heavenly authority and earthly authority in Jesus Christ. That's who we are, my dear friends. You and I are princess and princesses. Princess and princesses. Let us hold on to the Lord. <laughs> 